Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Headlines for News Junkies, and I have a great uh, headline I saw this week. On a scale of 1 to 10, how weird are you? Well, Zappos CEO, Tony, and I'm, I have no idea how to say his last name, is H-S-I-E-H, um, has this question on on the application if you want to work uh, for Zappo on a scale of 1 to 10, how weird are you? If I were to answer this question, I probably would put an 8. Now, I'm not, you know, totally, totally weird, but a lot of how I think and what I do would probably be considered weird by 8 out of 10 people, mostly because I don't go to the doctor, because uh, I live in a senior community of 18,000 residents. I've been here for 14 years, and I just don't have any friends here because um, I quickly found out that all of the organizations and all of the events are attended by residents who all go to the doctor, and all they talk about is what the doctor said <laughs> and all the drugs they're taking. Do you know some of these people carry a drug dispenser with them that can have up to 20 or 30 pills in it that they take every day at all different times of the day? I just don't have anything in common with these people. There's just nothing we can talk about. Uh, They're just totally dependent upon the doctor and the pills they take every day, and it's just really, really, really weird to them. In fact, it's just scary to them to even imagine not going to the doctor. But I've had this cute cartoon taped on one of the drawers of my desk for a long time. It shows a woman coming out of the doctor's office with her husband, and she says, his advice to you is exactly what I read in the Saturday Evening Post last year. (laughs) And actually, this shows you uh, how long that cartoon's been taped to my desk because the Saturday Evening Post was published weekly uh, from 1897 until 1963. <laughs> well, if you had to answer the question, what would your number be? I mean, in the headline, uh, the article that went with this headline, it was reported that if you did put a one or a two, you just probably wouldn't be a fit to work at Zappos, 
But if you put a 10, you probably were uh, maybe a little too far out for them. But apparently as an 8, I could be considered for a job there. I think that Zappos is looking for a person who can think outside of the box. You know, someone who can set a trend, not just follow a trend. And as soon as everybody starts wearing something, I'm just instantly looking for something different to wear because I can't stand to look like everybody else. You know, a five would probably just wear what everybody else is wearing so that they would be comfortable and feel like they were in fashion. And a one or a two would probably just be seen in worn-out jeans and a T-shirt cause, and they could care less about how they look. And a 9 or a 10 would probably be one of those people you see that, you know, are wearing purple hair and super long eyelashes and and have lots and lots of visible piercings and tattoos. (laughs) Well, someone said once all of us are weird about something, and, and when we find another person who's as weird like we are weird, we call it true love. You know, putting this question on an employment application is so interesting to me. I do know that employment applications can now ask if you're a felon, and sometimes they ask what diseases you have and what medications you take. But, you know, asking how weird you think you are is really reaching inside of a person for revelation, isn't it? So I looked around to see what other questions are now on applications. Here's one for you. What is your spirit animal? (laughs) You know, how many people have ever even thought about what animal they might have been before they were a human? I mean, how many people even believe they might have been an animal? I mean, what would creationists say about this? I've always felt in my human body like I was a large and land animal. So, because I was born May 9th, which is the astrological sign of Taurus, the bull. Taurus is an earth sign. So this is perhaps maybe why I feel like a large land animal. But I also have an infinity with the whales and the dolphins because When I'm in the water, I feel free like a dolphin because all of that denseness and heaviness I feel as as a large land animal becomes buoyant and free of gravity and I can swim like a fish. So maybe I was a walrus. You know, they're a big, heavy, clumsy land animal, but in the water they can win the race. So I would probably either put walrus or perhaps I would put a dolphin because walruses aren't uh, particularly attractive and actually I'm sort of pretty. So I would probably put dolphin. You know, I have two friends who are like birds. You know, they're both born under astrological signs that are linked to the element of air And you just can't pin them down about anything. I mean, just about the time you think you've gotten them to make a solid decision about them or about something, they've taken off. (laughs) Fly, fly away. 
So perhaps a more metaphysical-type company would look into these properties of the spirit animal. A prospective applicant would say they were and qualify them according to some animal instincts. What animal are you? Now another company asks, what would you describe your how would you describe yourself in one word? Wow, just one word. Well, you know, earlier in my life I maybe would have put curious. But now later in my life I would have to say reflector because I now know that I am a a reflector. I observe. So perhaps the word observer would be more understood on an employment op, uh, application. I observe from a neutral position. Now, I haven't achieved this neutral position easily, believe me. I've been a very judgmental activist in my past. I have fought for things and resisted things and stood for things and been active in trying to change things. But all of that is in the past now, and I just observe. And I do this radio show. (laughs) So my one word is observer. Now, that word tells something about me also. You know, I take one step back. I've learned how to just step out of all situations. I take one step back from it, and then I observe. I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. I look at the whole picture and consider everything that's being said and done, and then I reflect on it and consider all the possibilities. You know, this is just such a fun place to be. It's not stressful. It's peaceful. There's no conflict. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. I mean, everyone and everybody has a say, and Everyone and everybody's affected by everyone and everybody else in a toyedal system of energy. Everything's everyone's important, everyone is needed, everyone has a need, and we're all here together to love and to be loved. I know that some days it seems that we're a long ways away from everybody and everything loving and being loved. I mean, that is, you could believe that if you would listen to the news, but that's why I'm doing this show, News Headlines for News Junkies, because at least here, we're going to hear something other than crisis, fear, death, and destruction. So what one word would you say describes you? Wouldn't that be a fun thing to discuss at lunch today? Here's another interesting question I found. How old were you when you had your first paying job? You know, I was eight years old. I started an errand, running business in my neighborhood. I made up little flyers, and I passed them out to all my neighbors. And on the flyer, I said that I would take a letter to the mailbox or I would go to the store and get groceries for them, or I would go to the drugstore and get them something. Of course, I couldn't buy cigarettes or alcohol or pick up their medications, but I could get them a quart of ice cream or a carton of Coke or a magazine or a newspaper, and I would walk their dog or I could sweep their porch or I could rake their leaves. I had a whole list of stuff I would do for them and how much it would cost them for me to do it. 
and I got a lot of business. And I earned enough money to buy stuff for me, you know, ice cream and candy. Even one time I bought a new pair of shoes because I was sick and tired of Mother just keep putting new soles and heels on my old pair. And I also saved up enough money to buy myself my own personal radio, which I had in my bedroom. I put it under my pillow, and I would listen to the ball games at night when I was supposed to be going to sleep. (laughs) My next paying job was when I was 10, and I had a paper route of 100 customers, and I uh, bought my first bicycle with the money I made, which I used to pull a wagon behind me to hold those newspapers I was delivering. And I actually uh, got pretty good at throwing that newspaper up on the porch of my customers. And by 14, I was working part-time down at the corner drugstore. And by 16, I was going to high school from 8 to 12 and then working 12 to 5 at a pediatrician's office on the corner across from my high school. I was an office girl. I answered the phone, made appointments, took money, and eventually he also trained me to do simple urinalysis and blood smears that he could look at under the microscope. So how old were you when you first started working for money? Here's a question I found that I thought was interesting. What information would you like to share about yourself that isn't on your resume? I just You know, I just love this question because work experience is not the whole story about a person. They might play a musical instrument and play in a band or they might paint. Or they just might love photography. I mean, my one of my hobbies is photography and I have actually entered photos in local and national contests, and won blue blue ribbons. And I have some of these photos as artwork on the walls of my home. And and if it's a blue ribbon winner, I hang the blue ribbon on the picture. (laughs) This wouldn't be on my resume, and I would just love to talk about it. You know, perhaps the person traveled a lot, or is a little league coach, or sings in the choir at their church, or grows exotic flowers. I mean, these are all dimensions of a person that wouldn't be reflected on a work resume, but would give insights into that person's overall personality. I know a woman who has a master's degree engineer who works in the research and development department at Boeing Aircraft. She's a total computer geek. She's a middle-aged single woman, never married, never had children. She actually helped in the development of the first 3D printer at Boeing. But on the weekends and on all of her vacations, she is at quilting conventions. She is a master quilter. And she has turned the attached garage at her home into a virtual quilting factory. She has five different quilting machines, racks and racks of materials that she's collected from all over the world on quilting journeys. And her quilts have won prizes at county and state fairs, as well as many national quilting competitions. They are absolutely gorgeous. 
She even designs her quilts from scratch. And her most recent one is a reflection of sea life with shells and turtles and fishes and rocks and ocean waves, all demonstrated through the fabric's design position in the quilt. It is just fascinating. This certainly wouldn't be something that a person that would put, would put on their resume, especially for a job as a computer geek. But what a deep dimension as a person this information reflects. So what about you? How are you unique and different? And it's maybe something that you can do that no one else can do. Or if someone else does do it, they don't do it like you do it. What is the spin you put on it? We all have our own unique way to express our individuality. What is yours? What have you gotten the blue ribbon in? Are you the one who has the per- or are you the one that has the purple hair with all the piercings? Or do you just fade back in the background and try not to be seen? What is true about you that you wouldn't put on a job resume? And the last question I found, I just could hardly believe. Here it is. What would you do in a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> you know, I asked my son, My son, I went over these questions with my son, and my son had an immediate answer for that one. He said, I would just head for Bill Murray's house. And all of you zombie lovers out there know exactly why he said that, don't you? Okay, let's go to the next headline. Trump reveals his solution to the problem of illegal immigration. Repeal the 14th Amendment. When I first heard this, I was ecstatic because for the last five years... I've been shouting this from the housetops. I live here in California where we, we're the most impacted by the illegal aliens. Uh, and uh, people, you know, people would, I would just say, we've got to repeal the 14th Amendment. We've got to repeal the 14th Amendment. And people would just look at me with this blank look on their face like, what's the 14th Amendment? You know, really no one has any idea what the 14th Amendment to the Constitution says. But basically, what it says is that anybody who is in this country and has a baby, that baby is automatically a citizen of this country. And what this has done is make this country now have this impossible illegal immigration situation All of these illegals here who have had children, and the children are U.S. citizens because they were born here, and you can't deport the parents and leave the kids here, and you can't deport a U.S. citizen. So it's just a total catch, catch 22 with no solution. Do you know there's no other country in the world where a person from another country has a baby in the visiting country and that baby is then a citizen of the country they are visiting. In all other countries in the world, 
the baby is a citizen of the country of the parents. So if someone from uh uh so if someone who is a pregnant woman from Spain is visiting France, and while she is in France, she has her baby, her baby is a citizen of Spain. I mean, if a pregnant woman from Japan visits China, and while she is in China, she has her baby, her baby is a citizen of Japan. Nowhere else does a baby become a citizen of the country by being born there unless the parents of the child are citizens of that country. You know, I I know a couple who were visiting in Canada, and she was pregnant, and she began having uh, early labor pains. So they, they headed to the local hospital. And because they weren't citizens of Canada, the hospital wasn't even going to let them in. Their insurance wasn't recognized in Canada. And the hospital wanted all of the money up front before they would even begin to help them. And so the husband is frantically trying to get some money wired from the states while the wife is frantically trying to keep the baby from dropping out on the floor. And somehow or other, they were able to provide enough proof of funds to pay that she was able to go ahead and have the baby delivered. So in Canada, you're not a citizen of Canada, no benefits. And then later the couple ran into another snafu trying to get their baby's U.S. citizenship established because she'd been born in Canada. So, I mean, this is something that is now definitely needs to be addressed in this country. You know, we are a very young country, and in the development of the United States, men of courage and valor and virtue set up some of the original rules and regulations at the beginning, trying in good faith to address all issues from their experiences in the past that they didn't want to be repeated in the new world. And then in 1861, almost 100 years Later, after the United States was started, we had the American Civil War, which is uh, it's known it's just known as the Civil War now. And this war was fought from 1861 to 1865 to determine the survival of the Union or the establishment of a separate nation for the Confederacy. Now, there were 34 United States at that time and seven southern slave states declared their secession from the United States and they formed the Confederate States of America, which was then called the Confederacy and later on was just simply called the South. And this number grew to include 11 of the United States, and some accounts of history actually say 13 states joined the Confederacy. So at that time, the states that remained loyal to the original Constitution of the United States were known as the Union or the North. And the Confederacy, who wanted to succeed and 
keep slavery was called the South. And, of course, the issue of the war, at the heart of the war, was slavery. The South wanted to keep black people as slaves, and the North was in favor of freeing the slaves and allowing them to become U.S. citizens rather than property. And after four years of combat, four years, which killed over 600,000 Union and Confederate soldiers and destroyed much of the South's infrastructure, the Confederacy collapsed and slavery then was uh, eventually abolished. Well, then began the period, what is called the Reconstruction, which was the process of restoring natural uni- national unity and guaranteeing civil rights to the freed slaves. Because a lot of the states were still refusing to recognize blacks as citizens, and they were treating them like they were illegal aliens and withholding rights of citizenship to them, which, you know, like being able to give evidence in a trial, be a witness, um, you know, all of the other rights we have as a citizen. But many states continued to pass laws that restricted the rights of the of former slaves. So on June 13, 1866, Congress passed and sent to the states for ratification the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. There was tremendous opposition to this from the southern states, but the amendment was finally ratified on July 9, 1868, And this amendment officially granted U.S. citizenship to former slaves. And it also changed another part of the Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, which said that for the purposes of representation in Congress, a black person was only counted as three-fifths of a person. So by the 14th Amendment, a black person was to be officially counted uh, totally, you know, 100% for purposes of representation in Congress. So did you hear all this? This amendment was to clarify the role and position of black people in this country. These were people who were already here in this country who had been brought here as slaves, as property of the landowners. And the Civil War was fought because black people were in this country and the South wanted to keep them as slaves and the North was in favor of ending slavery. So now we're 100 years past that. Why do we need this amendment today? Black people who live in this country are now full-fledged citizens of the United States with all of the rights and privileges granted by the Constitution. They have been U.S. citizens now for more than 100 years. We don't need this amendment anymore. Because now it's created a problem with illegal Mexicans that is totally unsolvable. This amendment needs to be at the very least revised 
and at the best, repealed. Its time is over. And Donald Trump is the first person I have heard who sees that this is at the root of the problem. And I don't understand why people now are saying that this notion is absurd. I mean, what agenda do people today have that makes them want to keep this out-of-date amendment? It's not like our Constitution hasn't had changes made to it before. As the culture advances and as situations change, you have to make adjustments. And I say we need to make the rules of our country now agree with the rules of every other country in the world. Babies born here are citizens of whatever country the parent is a citizen of. And if you are a citizen of Mexico and you have your baby here, you have to pay up front at the hospital if you're going to go there, just like Canada does it. Only citizens of the United States should have the rights and privileges of this country. And I would add to this that everybody in the United States who is a citizen should be required to carry a U.S. citizenship card, just like we carry our driver's license and any other of our IDs. When you go to make your application for a job, then you would show that you have that U.S. citizenship card. And if you're stopped by the police for whatever reason, you show your driver's license and you show your citizenship card or you show your passport or your work visa or whatever ID you have that shows that you are legal to be here. You know, if Mexicans learn that the only way to come to the United States is to do it legally, then they'll do it legally. Because if they can't get a job or any benefits by coming here illegally, they won't be able to come. You know, Mexicans aren't dumb people. I mean, my cleaning lady who has been with me for 10 years is one of the smartest people I know. But she works the systems. And she was one of the people who was able to get a house back during the mortgage circus back in 2008. I pay her cash, and she told me the bank was going to call me to verify that she worked for me, even though she knew and the bank knew that she didn't report any of this income. But the bank could figure out that if she had worked for me for every week at a certain rate for a certain length of time, that she did make a certain amount of money. And that's what the bank was looking for. So I asked her, I said, you won't get into trouble, will you? She said, no. And I said, well, I won't get into trouble, will I? And she said, no. So the bank called me. And I told them that she had worked for me for 10 years. And I paid her so much a week. You know, there are ways for Mexicans to come to this country and work. I know that we practically can't run our country now without them because they do all of the jobs that Americans don't want to do. And they can do anything. They can cook, fix a car, paint, do landscaping. They clean, they babysit, they do plumbing, electrical. They can do anything. And they are wonderful workers. They have a strong work ethic. They're very happy people. And they're family people. They are Catholic, and they have an inner subliminal connection 
with God. They're very loving people, and we need them. But, and we want them to be here. But the 14th Amendment has set up this absolutely impossible situation for us. And economically, they are bankrupting us. Let me just give you an example. A story of Joe and Jose. We have Joe, who is legal, and Jose, who is illegal. Both have families, uh, two children, and they live in California. Joe Legal works in construction, has a Social Security number, and makes $25 an hour with taxes deducted. Jose Illegal also works in construction. He has no Social Security number, and he gets paid $15 an hour cash under the table. Okay, Joe Legal makes $25 an hour times 40 hours, which is $1,000 per week or $52,000 per year. Now, take away 30% for state and local taxes. Joe Legal now has $31,231. Well, Joe Illegal gets $15 per hour times 40 hours, which is 600 a week, or $31,200 a year, but Joe Illegal doesn't pay any taxes. So now Joe Illegal and Joe Legal both have the same amount of income, 31200 But Joe Legal has to pay medical and dental insurance with limited coverage for his family at $600 per month or $7,200 a year. So now he only has $24,031. But Joe Illegal has full medical and dental coverage through state and local clinics and emergency hospitals, and he doesn't have to pay anything for that. Joe Legal makes too much money and is not eligible for food stamps or welfare. But Joe, So Joe Legal has to pay $500 a month for food or $6,000 a year. So now he's down to $18,031, while Joe Jose Illegal gets food stamps, WIC, and welfare, plus he still has his $31,200. Joe Legal pays rent of 1200 a month or 14400 per year. And Jose Illegal receives a $500 per month federal rent subsidy. So he he now has um he gets he he also his rent is 1200 a month, but he gets $500 off of that. So he only has to pay $700 a month. So he he has his $31,000 left and only has to pay $700 a month rent. Joe Legal pays 200 a month or 2400 a year for car insurance. And some of that is uninsured motor motorist insurance. And Jose Illegal says I don't need no stinking insurance. <laughs> and Joe Legal now uh, has to make his uh, 
What he has left is only $7,231 a year, which he has to use to pay his utilities and his gasoline and everything. But Jose Illegal still has 31200 And so he has plenty that he sends out of the country back to all his relatives back in Mexico. Poor old Joe Legal now has to work overtime on Saturdays and gets has to get a part-time job after work. But Jose Illegal has all his nights and weekends off to be enjoy his family. Both these uh, people's children go to the same elementary school, but Joe Legal pays for his children's lunches while Jose Illegal's children get a government-sponsored lunch. Joe Legal's children go home after school, and Jose Illegal's children go to an after-school ESL program. And finally, Joe Legal's kids may not get into a state school and might not qualify for scholarships, grants, or other tuition help, even though Joe has been paying for state schools through his taxes, while, guess what, Jose Illegal's kids uh, get to go uh, get all kinds of uh, help because they're minorities. And Joe Legal and Jose Illegal both enjoy all the services of the police and fire departments, but Joe paid for them and Jose did not. So, you know, <coughs> this is uh, what's going on. This is how we're being bankrupt. This is why uh, the Mexicans can't wait to get up here. So if we stop all the benefits and we make it so their babies aren't born here, don't become citizens, um, it stops this situation. So we need to grow up as a nation since since what we have going on right now can't be fixed, we're just going to have to grant everyone who is already here, who have children who were born here, just a blanketed U.S. citizenship status and change the 14th Amendment so there aren't, wouldn't be any more illegals. Granting immediate citizenship to all illegals will get them on to the payrolls and off of the welfare rows. And Joe and Jose will be equal now. Let Mexicans find out what it's like to really be a citizen of the United States. Pay taxes. Buy health insurance and car insurance. No more food stamps or Section 8 or aid to dependent children. Do you know the Age of Dependent Children program has now caused Mexican illegitimacy to be higher than black illegitimacy? This whole situation has corrupted the original family values that were inherent in the Mexican culture when they were in Mexico. When I first started my wedding business, as the white people were more and more beginning to live together and not being married, we would still have big business from the Mexicans because they believed in getting married because of the teachings of the Catholic Church. So this Aid to Dependent Children program also needs to be stopped. This program has not worked. It has not accomplished what it was supposed to do. 
So I hope that, that this will be the next thing on Donald Trump's list that he says he will begin to address when he is president. <laughs> okay, so that's all the news headlines for today for all of you news junkies out there. And um, I'm going to end my show today by playing the glorious bells of the San Juan Mission Church in San Juan Capistrano. Um, These bells were ringing to um, celebrate a wedding, the most wonderful thing we do here on earth of loving and being loved. And until next week, this is Marcianne. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.